Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. published a list of the 30 best lesbian love songs, including one song by the Indigo Girls. And 29 other songs by the Indigo Girls. <laughs> a children's book author is under fire for writing a story about a black Santa. A black Santa is like a regular Santa, except he doesn't get there until the 27th. Wow. Amber! Sorry. A black Santa is like a regular Santa, except his packages are bigger. <laughs> So that is uh, Seth Meyers on his show where he's got jokes he doesn't feel he can tell as a white straight male. So he has apparently a lesbian writer and then a black writer do the punchlines for a couple jokes. I like the Indigo Girls joke. That's funny. 29 other songs by the Indigo Girls. <laughs> funny. Hilarious. Uh, welcome to the program. Glad you're here. What do we got coming up? Do we have anything coming up? Nope. Probably not. Probably shut her down about 8.15 today. Not damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Clothes for cleaning or something. Play a lot of Fats Domino songs is what we'll do. 
so I uh, spoke at a homeless forum in my town, USA, last night that was put together by the Chamber of Commerce. And I have a feeling, in fact, I know this is true, talking to the police chief, that it is almost exactly the same conversation that is being had in many, 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 many towns and cities across America, but specifically on the West Coast for some reason. He said he had attended a a police um, a convention in which there were a whole bunch of police chiefs together, and everybody had the same story that things had gotten worse in the same way. People were reacting the same way. And uh, so wherever you are, I think this probably relates to you. And one, before I get into the specifics of what I said and what other people said, it's, it seems pretty clear to me the dynamic on this whole thing is a battle between people who are 60-40 mostly concerned about the homeless versus the citizens, or 60-40 mostly concerned about the citizens versus the homeless. Somewhere in that range. Okay. I don't, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's mostly people that want to uh, you know shoot the homeless, right? <laughs> or have the homeless take over the city and the citizens all run out. But your emphasis is either on I'm more concerned about homeless people than I am about people that have already got a great life, or you know I'm a taxpayer trying to raise my kids. That's what I'm mostly concerned about. Or a business owner trying to you know stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. So you got those two groups um, going at it against each other. Uh, but you found, uh, that would suggest that you found reasonableness. No, not a lot of reasonableness. No. I think 60-40, a 20-point win for any issue is a, is a big enough that you're not okay. going you're gonna, to you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're come to much agreement, I don't think. Okay. But I think that's, um, everybody gets portrayed as it being a 90-10 issue or a 100-0 issue. I think it's more 60-40, but mm. that's still enough that, and I don't see, um, I don't. I don't. I have no idea what the solution is going to be for this problem, this growing problem. Some of it has to do with uh, laws that were passed, Supreme Court rulings. As a police chief pointed out, there was a Supreme Court ruling. I forget how many years ago. It wasn't that long ago that made asking people for change uh, free speech. They ruled that as free speech, and that cut down on a lot of abilities for for police around the country to stop panhandling. Really mm. got in the way of that. And he went through the various things. Um, that was USV bum, <laughs> 1989. For instance, he got into a lot of the things that they can't actually bust people for doing, mm. which which makes it difficult. But I told my story. So I, I got there uh, a little early, and I wanted to talk to the chamber people, because the reason they, they wanted me to speak at this thing was to tell my story about when that scumbag uh, approached my family and started screaming that he was going to... Uh, kill and murder me and my kids in front of me and my kids and rape right yeah oh yeah well he used a much harsher term yeah uh, so i got there early enough and i said should i use the real words should i just say the words that this guy said to me i said i don't think there's gonna be any kids here tonight but it's pretty harsh it's some pretty hard harsh stuff and they said i think it'd be more impactful if you just said that's what the direction i was leaning anyway but yeah good good i was gonna say if the point is how incredibly scary and unpleasant it was, I'd go with scary and unpleasant. So we all introduced which, ourselves. Which is one of your great talents. Really. So, so it was me, a couple of business owners, um, police chief, district attorney, mayor, then people, a guy from a church who feeds homeless uh, people on the weekends, and uh, somebody who works in mental health, a couple of those people. Mm-hmm. 
that sort of thing. So it was, it was a mix of people, and uh, you could probably guess what the 60-40 split was up on that stage between those people. Yeah. The business owners were mostly concerned about, hey, I'm trying to run a business here. Uh, the, 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 the law enforcement people, they got to be careful because they... You know, they got to keep everybody happy as they can, but I, I think they would like to be able to do more, and it's difficult with the um, the climate. And then, of course, the uh, the mental health people were all about, we just need more facilities and more money, and that's the, the key to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told my story, and I laid it out there with the full-on words, the guy screaming, I'm going to F your children. I'm going to F your children. I'm going to effing kill you. I'm going to F your children. And it was pretty shocking to a lot of people. Yeah. Number of uh, women said they uh, teared up at the story. People, mm. it was it was well, it's a shocking story. Well, they should. It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. it's still shocking mm. to me. Um, but so I said I told that story, and the business guy, a couple of business guys, spoke up and talked about trying to do business and dealing with the situation and how difficult it is. And now he said, and you got people like Jack and his family who are scared to come downtown, and I and you know I'm losing customers, that sort of stuff. Then uh, uh, they started taking questions from the crowd. They could walk down to a microphone and they could ask some, bring up a point, ask a question or whatever. And one guy uh, got up there and he clearly was, and good for him, this is the way democracy works. You organize, you show up to these events, you make your point. You, that's how you win the day. Um, but he, he clearly showed up to this thing and shows up to these things to argue his point of view and he said i'm hearing a lot of lack of compassion up there i knew this thing was going to go one direction i'd like to try to send it another direction i'm hearing a real lack of compassion and i had talked about how uh, now when i go places my kids see people that look like the guy that was screaming he wanted to kill me and them and when they see people that look like that they make me leave like we're in line at in and out and there was a couple of dudes hanging around in the bushes dad we gotta go we gotta go i mean they're they're crying i have to leave right I can't, I can't go places like that anymore. He said, I'm hearing a real lack of compassion teaching your children that somebody who's disheveled is someone you should be scared of oh. and, not, and, not, and not explaining what their situation is and that they might be good people. Boy, you want to talk about a lack of compassion? Are you kidding, you a-hole? Teaching the children? The children were terrified. The children had a natural human reaction, stimulus and response. You lack compassion, sir. I'm hearing a real lack of compassion here. Wow. And talked I about to fight him. <laughs> well, I did some praying and meditating before I went into this thing, and uh, I was going to try to keep it low key. Praise God and pass the ammunition. That's uh, what I say. Lay out my kids. But the, the most interesting part was he did his thing and talked about the lack of compassion and how he was homeless and homeless just need, you know, if they could just get a little help, uh, help up, they'd be fine and blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. And when he was done, a whole bunch of people did the finger clicking thing. You're kidding Which I've me. never actually seen before. I've seen on TV or I've seen mocked in Portlandia, but I've right. never actually seen it before. So he gave the lack of compassion speech and people started doing Wow. <laughs> Snapping their fingers. <laughs> I'll be damned. I thought that was just like it. Poetry slams, man. No, they got that thing. I got so I got the I think the third biggest applause. The biggest applause was was a guy who stood up there and uh, mostly ranted and raved about my story. And 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 how we're you know we're overlooking the real problem here. People are afraid and blah blah blah. And he got pretty big applause. No, which side was he on? Was he on your side or the anti you? 
he was on me, my side. Okay, he, okay. You know, he was right. he was saying, "Look at this! Look what happened to him!" And we're 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 talking about restrooms. And well, the problem is, people are scared to go downtown. You know that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And people people applauded that. So that's kind of tangentially me getting applause. But yes, I got the third biggest applause. Interesting, you kept track of this. Go on. <laughs> well, I did because well, that's the way the thing you, works. Sure, you read in the room. It actually yeah. is the way the thing works. The enthusiasm is going to win the day. Right. Um. The applause I got was for, I brought up how Gavin Newsom had come up with the idea in San Francisco, and he's no anti-homeless right-winger, of giving out money. Because this was after the discussion of, it's very difficult legally to stop panhandling. I made the point that I think the way to stop panhandling is on the giving end. How about we stop giving these people money? Gavin Newsom, his idea was, we've got all kinds of services around here that people can get. People aren't going to starve. We've got services. Don't give them money. Mm-hmm. And and people applauded that. People liked that idea. It was interesting. The, the police chief mentioning, he said, trying to stay neutral, but maybe I'm reading him wrong, but I think I know what side he was well, on. Well, he works this. for the city council. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he said, he said, I arrest pan, panhandlers or people who are getting aggressive or whatever. They make between 80 and $120 a day, to which everybody gasped. <laughs> 80 and 120 bucks a day is the average yeah. haul for the people. Yeah. Making the point that not everybody that's homeless is a panhandler, not everybody that's panhandling is homeless. Right. I don't care if you've got a four-story home with an indoor pool if you scream at me and want to kill my kids. That's your 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 housing situation is irrelevant to me. Correct. And I actually know a number of people are homeless. You would never know they were homeless. They they take advantage of the various services. They shower. They have clean clothes because those are provided in various places. You'd never know they're homeless. And they ain't screaming at nobody. They're not committing any crimes. They're not doing anything. Right. Right. Um. So, yeah, I get the difference in that. But, yeah, so the amount of money that they're making every day. And he said, I will have officers arresting a panhandler or, or someone who's homeless or whatever. They, You know, they're... They're, they're smoking crack in the park, or they're getting too aggressive for whatever reason we had to arrest them. I'll be arresting them, and people will walk up and hand them a $20 bill. Wow. And say, you know, I'm on your side, or don't let it get you down, or anything like that. Wow. Hand them money while they're being arrested. For being aberrant, scary, unpleasant, law-breaking citizens. Yeah. See, to me, it's a two-step process. And this is, I think, the difference between a person like me and a person like the, the finger snappers, which is just hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, I really had to, cont- I almost laughed. I almost laughed. I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, it was a very serious forum. Right. But the snapping thing, I just said, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> but it's a two-step process. If you have people engaged in behavior, aberrant behavior, that's uh, scary, illegal, unpleasant, etc., and it's hurting businesses, it's scaring children, it, you stop it. You end it. You make it so it does not happen. And then... You look into, all right, uh, it seems we got a bunch of mental illness going on, and here's what we need to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get these programs going. The the finger snappers, the difference with them is they all smear it together, and they think it's somehow compassionate to not stop the aberrant behavior. Well, we can't really step in and do that because these poor, unfortunate people, blah, blah, blah. And that way, it, it just it everybody loses, I think. You have to stop the aberrant behavior. Then if it turns out the guy is blameless because he's got a mental kink, well, then go get him help. But don't let people terrify children. Don't let people ruin businesses. Don't let people crap on the sidewalk, San Francisco. 
for instance. You actually sound like the mayor that spoke last night who was all about behavior versus what category you fit in and everything. Right. That's the next step. Yes, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I want to take a little break. I got another interesting nugget at, uh, along with what the Portland Lou is, which I guess is a thing that's sweeping the nation. Portland invented this. Mm. The city of Portland, who has, you know, its own homeless problem or transient problem. Or, I don't even know what the correct term is. Well, there are all sorts of different problems. That's that's why if you get caught up in the solutions before you take action against the aberrant behavior, you'll be drowning in it. Because you got drunks and junkies and kids who just want to live that lifestyle and the mentally ill and the down and out. And, you know, What I'm hearing is a real lack of compassion. Correct. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Series last night since it was so hot. Boy, it looked like uh, Larry King was a little melted. Of course, he's old as the hills. Larry he's, King he's was a there? tiny little old man. Yeah, he was. God, a, he's well into his eighties, right? Well, he was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, Oof. which he talks about a lot. Enough said. Grew up listening to that, so yeah. To watch the Law Dodgers. There's uh, stories about his uh, divorce. His wife's leaving him, or his 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 family is trying to tell him that he's miserable and needs to divorce her. Wow, that was a story in the New York Post the other day. This is his. Eighth marriage. Eighth. Wow. I can see why, you, even if you're not particularly happy, how many years you got left? Do you want to have your eighth divorce? Probably not. Lucky seven wasn't so lucky, so I went back to the well. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha, you're on with Doris Day. <laughs> ah! So I'm speaking of this homeless forum last night, which I'm thinking is like a lot of homeless forums that have been had in cities on the West Coast, in particular. Sure. And I, I doubt that the issues are any different. Um, it, it seemed pretty clear to me that the, the two competing crowds were, uh, and this is just my guess because they didn't say anything, but eh. the police and business owners on one side, along with uh, most of the people who are just like raising families. Versus the college kids, mostly, or oh, that boy. crowd. The college kid and childless crowd. And, and you know, people that work in uh, uh, social welfare. Well, you know me. I think only the landed should vote or have a political say. Now, not white and not males. Just, you have to own some land. Otherwise, nobody get, you don't, nobody cares what you think. So if you rent a house or rent an apartment, you get no Forget sex? it. <laughs> wow. Um, and I think I th- I think I have identified the cutoff. I think it's very easy. You could do a test. Maybe uh, you hook them up to diodes or something, or you just ask them. When or you triodes, when you hear <laughs> when you hear about an unpleasant encounter between someone, um, mom, dad walking down the street with their kids, and uh, uh you know, a, a, a panhandler saying, "Can you give me some money?" Is your first thought, oh, my God, that family, you know, they're just out trying to walk down the street. They shouldn't have to encounter that. Or is your first thought, that poor homeless dude, it's awful that he ended up that way. 
I think it's I think it's that clear a dividing line. Which direction does your mind go first? Hmm. My mind goes first to the it sucks that you have to run into that walking down the sidewalk. Yeah, absolutely. But I know a lot of people, a lot of people at the forum last night, your first thought, the first policeman that called me, the first thing he said to me, everybody else with police was absolutely fantastic. I mean, really helpful, clearly cared about this, arrested the dude, everything like that. But the first cop who talked to me, I don't know why I'd switch to a different cop later. But the first cop that talked to me, the first thing out of his mouth was, the real sad thing is this guy's got a drinking problem and we don't have a facility. No, the real sad thing is my kids aren't going to sleep tonight because they're too scared. That's the real sad thing. The fact that his brain went first to this poor guy who's got an alcohol problem, I I think that's crazy. But, you know, he gets to think that, and then you all get to think that. We'll argue it out in in a democracy and figure it out. Let's uh, just a point of order here. Mr. Chairman, beggars are beggars. D- d- panhandler. It's a cute old-timey term. Fine. Use it if you want. Beggars are beggars. Some of them are homeless. Many of them are not. A lot of them make a lot of money doing that, and I'm guessing they're not paying taxes. So beggars are beggars. Let's not refer to them as homeless people. Huh? And it was thrown around a couple times. You hear this a lot, that phrase of uh, you're making being homeless a crime. And uh, No, you're making specific behaviors a crime. It's just the way the world works. Again, you blow the whistle, you call the foul. Or, you know, it's saying to the cop, well, I was going 80 because that guy was annoying and I wanted to get around him. The cop's going to have one answer. You should have found a way to get around him that didn't involve going 80. And to just, well, I, you know, I got a lot of stress at work. I got a, you know, I got a bit of a mental health issue. Nobody wants to hear it. You, you call the, the, the foul on the aberrant behavior. You say you can't do that. You end it. And you let families eat and enjoy the park. You let businesses run, et cetera, et cetera. And then, as I was saying before, if there is a, a, a intercession that's needed to help the poor, beleaguered, mentally ill, alcoholic, uh, butanes, huffers, whatever, I'm fine with that. I'm in favor of that stuff. But you don't let it cloud your judgment. So, if you want a functioning society. So a couple of terms got brought up that I wasn't aware of because I haven't attended these meetings. And by the way, this is one of the most interesting things I've ever done. It shouldn't be, because I should have attended many things like this throughout my life in every town I've ever lived in. But I don't, which makes me a bad citizen. And I'm not being sarcastic. You're a good citizen if you show up to this various stuff and pay attention and argue your point. A lot of the bad things that happen in any community are because nobody shows up and discusses this stuff. Right? Nobody shows up. And I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it at all. I'm not good at long-winded speeches from activists on any side. I'm not good at um, regular citizens who repeat themselves ten times in oh. their five-minute thing. I'm not. I'm not good at listening to that. That's why one of the many reasons I could never be a politician, like Barack Obama being a community organizer. I could never do that job. I read about that in his book and how he would have you know three old women in a church basement talking about the problems in their neighborhood for three hours, and then next week maybe he'd have four old women in that church basement, and a year from then he'd have twenty five, and then they would take that to. I could never do that. Wow! And that's the only way you you really facilitate change, um, is from the ground up is is trying to make that happen, or that's the way it's supposed to work. And I just don't have the patience for it. But anyway, a couple of terms got thrown around I'd never heard before: the P map and the Portland Lou. The P-Map. I, the P-Map. 
So at least the town I live in, they have a P-map. They went around as with... As in urine? Yes, as in urine. And so they, they they went around and somehow black lights or whatever, they figured out all the places it had been peed on, and they have a map of the town, and they show everywhere that gets peed on on a regular uh, basis by, uh, by citizens. Well, that's handy. To try to nail down what the problems are, where the problems occur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? That's fascinating. Wow. It is fascinating. I'd like yeah. to carry that around with me. Uh, honey, let's walk over here for a minute. And and in my town, like a lot of towns, they've eliminated public restrooms because they just become, well, they're only public restrooms for a certain crowd. The rest of us aren't going to use them because they're scary. Right. You open the door and there's some dude sleeping in there or they're shooting up drugs or just prostitution. Servicing or whatever each other, yeah. And one of the complaints was, well, if you don't... Thank you for your excellent servicing. <laughs> if you don't have uh, public restrooms, well, then be- people who need to pee are, you know, can you hold it till you get home, or do you pee in the closest dark whatever? Sure. Or uh, when no one's looking. So, and or if you got no home. And that came up with the idea of the Portland Loo, which I'd never heard of, but apparently the city of Portland, some uh, company developed this thing they call the Portland Loo. It cost $250,000 to develop, and it's a kind of steel that you can't write graffiti on. It's got a kind of lighting where you can't see your veins to shoot up. Oh, wow. It's, it's got slats uh. where the police can look through to see if there's criminal activity, but somehow don't see you doing your business. Make sure there's no slats in there doing their business. There are bathrooms in which they the door will only stay closed for a certain amount of time, then it opens automatically, so you can't just hang out in there. There I am with a sports section. Hey, give me a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm an older gentleman. (laughs) I need more quarters. Where's the machine? (laughs) There are bathrooms in which a big light comes on to say occupied, so the police can just be driving around and see that's occupied. It's still occupied. What's going on there? Right. There's a bunch of different ideas for modern public toilets to try to keep them from... I don't know if you've ever seen the kiosks they've got in San Francisco that were very expensive and supposed to be public toilets. And I don't know if you've ever seen the documentaries they do on television, because I've never actually looked at one of these. we got like 10 people sleeping there, turning tricks, shooting up drugs. They aren't public toilets in any way whatsoever. Right. They're tiny hotels. They're part of the tiny house. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. It's quaint. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, the P map. Yeah. Wow. We should get one of those around here. Wow. Google oh, ought to have that. You can look at the street map, the Google Earth, or the P map. I wish I was the sort of person that got more involved and went to this stuff more often. Your city council meetings and this sort of stuff. It's a great idea. And it's I mean, never too late, Jack. There's a decent number of people there, but not near the number of people that there should be for something that affects as, uh, as big a crowd as it does. Just people. I don't know. You feel like you're not going to accomplish anything, or it's just you don't want to leave your couch and miss the World Series, or whatever the reason is. It takes effort. Thanks for looking at me and saying that, <laughs> since I watched the World Series. <laughs> On the local politics level, it's it doesn't take much. I know. That's whatever. It doesn't be, take much. Because not very many people show up, if you get some of your friends together and some of the people in your neighborhood, you can you can make a difference pretty easily. And the city council and the police and the, the newspaper, they, they, they're paying attention because they're always there. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Clinton and the DNC paying to dig up dirt on Trump and the Ruskies. Senate casting a close vote on bank customers' ability to sue and the link between daydreaming and intelligence. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I suppose you get that job where you walk city streets looking for urine, marking it down on a map. Good work if you can get it. Yeah, I did worse jobs. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Someone did actually say at the homeless forum I attended that the real problem with the homeless is their lack of housing. Ah. Which I'll tell you. Yeah. How do yeah. you not snap your fingers yeah. to that? That does that does hit the That's nail on the head. That's a good analysis right there. Um, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump is saying he is... Oh, give me a home with a buffalo rope. Sorry. President... Give them a home on the range. <laughs> did, anybody, <laughs> did anybody suggest that? Nobody did. President Trump is saying he is the victim. That's his take on reporting that says Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee helped pay for political research that ultimately produced a dossier of allegations about Trump's ties to Russia. And their hired gun was working with the Ruskies. It's as sure as it can be. So Hillary and her campaign were colluding with the Russians. You know, Tucker Carlson had what, what he thought was a big breaking story yesterday. He had an inside source uh, who was an FBI informant that said Manafort was working with the Podesta brothers on the whole connection between Russia and everything in the Clintons. Manafort. Paul the, Manafort. He was helping connect Podesta and company with Russia? Yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah, he was a go-between because he's an expert uh, at it. Right. And, well, he's he's a, a beliefless, soulless, you know, he's a hired gun. And, and this particular informant who talked to Tucker Carlson... Yeah said that the the Mueller investigation is focusing on Manafort, but it's his dealings with the Democrats, not with Trump. Wow. Which is pretty interesting. Okay, yeah, that's the Tony Podesta angle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm liking Sebastian Gorka's uh, point earlier. It's like the hunt for Red October where the torpedo comes and hits the boat that shot it. Uh, we shall see. The- Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> Love Sebastian Gorka. That the, beard. The Senate has voted narrowly to repeal a Consumer Financial Protection Bureau regulation that was going to go into effect in 2019 that would allow class action suits against banks and credit card companies instead of the current mandatory arbitration that's often required in consumers' financial disputes with those industries. Now, this sounds bad to me. Have you heard an explanation for why this is actually a good thing? Or is this just actually a bad thing? You know, it's the constant tension between, you know, omnipresent class action lawsuits and the expenses of that, blah, 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 versus legitimate consumer uh, need to redress grievances. I think it's a ballsy maneuver in the wake of the Wells Fargo stuff and Equifax and the rest of it. To, to diminish consumers' rights to sue. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have done it now. I don't, I'm not an expert in it, but given what politicians are and who they are, I suspect that it's dirty, and you wouldn't like it if you dug into it. Vice President Pence cast the deciding vote, breaking a 50-50 tie after a couple of Republicans, Senators Lindsey Graham and John Kennedy, voted with the Democrats against the measure. I, uh, uh, I've been dead for some time now. John Kennedy. Out of Louisiana. That's what I've got in my copy. Is that for real? Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of Kennedy, it's tomorrow that they release the um, the, the files, the, the never-before-seen files on the Kennedy assassination. Right. It's going to be exciting. Daydreaming indicates intelligence. Georgia Institute of Technology studied the brain patterns of more than 100 different people, and they discovered that people with more efficient brains tended to daydream the most. One clue, your brain's efficient if you can zone. How is that possibly? How am I? Okay. 
One clue your brain is efficient if you can zone in and out of conversations or tasks when appropriate and naturally <laughs> tune. I've not found that to be helpful to me. <laughs> and maybe you've got a bit too much. And naturally tune back in without missing when anything. When they call your important. name. Right, and that's the part I struggle with. And when the critical <laughs> moment, why you were there, comes around, and you pretend you you heard the question yeah. and hope that you're uh-huh. somewhere near it when you start talking. Uh-huh. And then when the other kids start to laugh, you realize you weren't. Yeah. Yes. 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 You were saying something, Marshall. <laughs> People with efficient brains may have too much brain capacity to stop their minds from wandering. That's it. I've got so much brain capacity, I can't pay attention in this meeting. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I'm telling you that somebody needs to write a. Well, I'm sure it exists, and I haven't yeah. read it, but a scholarly and a, a nuanced look at intelligence and. You know, how everybody just automatically assumes more is better and to any extent. Whereas, you know, if you've got the sort of brain where, for instance, people repeating themselves at all, just you can't sit still for that. I've got to keep moving. I've got to keep moving. I've got to keep moving, which is having a really fast processor. Right. It will make you crazy in school. It will make meetings be completely unacceptable. It'll it'll make you have difficulty being with groups of people. It's not necessarily a blessing. The optimum brain, I guarantee you, is not the one with the highest IQ or the most brain power. Not in terms a chance. of happiness and success. In terms and, of just being right, a successful right. human being, yeah. A happy, successful human being. Boy, if you could trade, you know, five IQ points, 100 being the average right. IQ. I'm a, more I'm like, a 90. I'm a dollar. More like 88 oh. in, in this room. But um, <laughs> 100 being the... If you could trade five points of intelligence for five extra points of emotional intelligence, for instance, being able to relate to or understand people or right. sense which way things are moving, I think that'd be a great trade, unless you're already like 60 or something. Obviously, you got to have the money to spend. But, you know, I've known a handful of, uh, like, not just geniuses, a genius level IQ, but, like, really, really geniuses. And um, it's just another form where your brain doesn't work right. Mm -hmm. And those people struggle in a lot of ways. Yep. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yeah, the term smart or intelligent is just uh, almost useless. Right. There are plenty of C students who have emotional intelligence. They understand hard work. They have the ability. They have, uh, you know, grim determination. Or even like and they mechan- win. technical or mechanical savants. You know, they can take apart a radio and put it back together, but they just can't do well on a test. Those sort of things, too. Um, so we got a lot more to come, I think. Got a lot of text. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We were thinking of it. We ran out of stuff. We just shut down the show today. Have we ever done that before? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Would we Republicans meekly accept such behavior on display from dominant Democrats? Of course we wouldn't, and we would be wrong if we did. Senator Flake on the floor yesterday, Senator Flake of Arizona, saying um, if a Democrat was uh, doing the stuff Trump does, would we accept it? We being Republicans? Yeah. 
He was speaking. He wants oh, Republicans no. to rise up. Certainly not. But that's, yeah, boy, that's that's the way politics goes, unfortunately. Well, right. See, my thing, I agree with him 100%. Oh, all of a sudden, now it's okay because it's our guy. Or, oh, now, now it's not okay because it's not your guy who is doing this stuff. It happens all the time. I just, that's going to happen. That's the way it works. It's ugly and hypocritical and stupid, but that's the way it works. So my message is Mr. and Mrs. America and Little America Jr., Understand that these people are phonies and hypocrites, and they're self-serving. God, don't put your hopes and dreams in politicians. Please, treat them like you did to treat, I don't know, the guy who comes over to get the beavers out of your attic, or the raccoons who oh, kill the guy. rats. I mean, they're doing a job, fine, but don't, like, fall in love with them. Keep, In fact, keep an eye on them. Make sure they just kill the rats and don't kill your dog as well, huh? I'm watching you. All right, finally. Turns out there is a Senator John Kennedy right now. you got to change your name, don't you? Yep. Uh, he's from Louisiana. Ask not what you can do for the bayou. <laughs> you got to change your name. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I, I know, uh, well, uh, let me use a different example. Because um, I, I actually know a, a guy by the name of a, a rock and roll legend, but... Uh, if if my name is Mick Jagger, right? You know, d- d- you, you got to change your name. You call, call me Mike. Just call me Mike. Call me Mike or, or Mick Joseph. Ja- Actually, I think that might be his name. Um, but use your middle name or something. You can't be Mick Jagger. You can't be Senator John Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not right. Yeah. Uh, very briefly, I my thought name this is Abraham Lincoln. This, <laughs> that's right. You're running for the, the Illinois state legislature, and your name is Abraham Lincoln. You need to change it. I'm sorry. It's just the way it goes. You're an actor named John Wayne, please. Uh, Fag here writes um, uh, a person. I'm not sure I'm supposed to use the name, so I won't. Listening, uh, you guys talk about the Niger incident, incident or Niger, Niger, or Niger, or the reason <laughs> many don't know we have troops in Africa and other countries, uh, or some of the countries of Africa, is due to them being part of JSOC, which is the collective of special forces groups, and they're incorporated uh, with the whole secret special forces organization. They're not normal forces. They can be deployed, deployed anywhere in an instant and are all over the world. We're all over Africa, South America, South, Southern Asia. This is the kind of stuff uh, you think of people in a dark, smoke-filled room pointing at a map of the Earth. These guys that were attacked are some of the best we have. Their presence is purposely not announced where they go. The war on terror is switching from a large conventional war to many small elite groups hunting terrorists. If that's what's happening, okay. But if it's as I heard one congressman say is possibly the case, to keep it out of the news or keep it out of Congress... Where we're sending up uh, these kind of people around in medium-sized numbers to amass a big number that nobody pays any attention to. Yeah, okay, I see your point. Uh, our esteemed correspondent goes on to say, hope it helps a little. Last note, uh, most of these senators know what's going on. They voted for legislation on Niger last year. Never trust what a politician says. Mm-hmm. You have to be very cautious about who's saying what about whom. It's all deception. Happy to have you guys on the air. You're the only purveyors of truth in media. Wow, that's a that's tough to live up to. You'd think we'd be making more money. <laughs> the sole purveyors of truth. Hey, this story uh, got my attention. I was just at the doctor's office with my son the other day, and I thought, 
Even if we cure this, what else are we going to catch? As everybody was snotting and sneezing oh, and everything in the like that. Waiting room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch oh. of kids in there that had different diseases than my kid had. Snotting and sneezing. Pediatricians' new germ control advice. Pediatricians have decided bring your own toys. If you got little kids that are going to play with toys, they're in the little toy area. As opposed to have your kid over there and rub his hands in the sticky blocks there, <laughs> the gooey blocks. Catch eight new diseases. Bring your own dang toys. It's more a getting immunities clinic than it is a, a, a pile of toys. Yeah. That's a good one. Wow. That Yeah, that's clearly true. New timeline on the Vegas massacre and the shooter's brother arrested for something? Oh, my. Just came across? Shocking. That is shocking. Uh, yeah, and the new timeline makes a lot more sense if you haven't heard that. So stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.